0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at Sitevisibility.com. This is internet marketing. And today I'm joined by Stu Hynek, President of Cartoon Link. Hello, Stu.
2: Hello there. How are you? Good to join you.
1: I'm um, very well, thank you. Uh, joining us from over the pond, I'm outside in the garden. You can
2: probably hear the seagulls. I can hear something on your desk, but no seagulls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they come in later. Um, right, um, talking of seagulls, the, the topic we're discussing is humour. Now, um, Stu, you are a professional cartoonist, aren't you?
2: Uh, well... Loosely, yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and um... <laughs> it's a difficult question, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about
1: humor in marketing. And uh, I've been looking forward to this interview for quite a while because I, as some of you might know, I, I am a humorous fellow and I sometimes get into trouble because of my humor. Um so do I'll be quite... the
2: hammering away uh, that that's that that
1: somebody no that that's somebody <laughs> hammering something. I think there's somebody in the next garden making something. but
2: you'll uh, you, all, thank you for that
1: later.: You will hear the seagulls. Um, <laughs> let's talk about humor. Let's talk about yeah. uh a bit of a definition of how you see humor, why cartoons are so powerful in marketing and, and what does humor do to people?
2: Sure, well, you know, they're all great questions, um and you know, just basically. You know, We, we know that, that magazines and newspapers are constantly running readership surveys to find out what gets read and remembered. Mm. And what they find is that cartoons are almost always the best read and remembered part. In, fa- in fact, in the case of newspapers, they're better read than the front page, which, which is funny because, you know, the paper's wrapped in that, in that piece of paper. Mm. But people go right past it to the cartoons. So what that means really is that cartoons get more attention than just about anything in print or on screen. So, and then you th- if you think about the nature of humor, humor is about truth being revealed in a twist, mm. isn't it? I mean, you notice how you, you laugh at something and then you say, "Huh," but after you finish, you say, "Huh," but it, you know it—that's so true. Or yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it is like that. Or I've been through something like that. There's yeah. always something you just go, "My God, that's so true!" Just that captured it. Well, so from a marketing, well, actually, I'll, I'll just mention also the, though that they're also disarming. God you I mean I just I, I've sent such obnoxious things in in cartoon form and they always get received well. So so from a marketing standpoint though if we look at this what we have is again something that that gets more attention than just about anything you can put in print or on screen.
3: Mm.
2: Then they're they're always what they're doing when someone laughs when they when they say I don't know if, if they say it in the in the UK but here we say oh I get it. And yeah. And if they're saying that then they did get it. They got your message. They've, what they've gotten is a point of agreement planted almost subliminally. I mean, they're just laughing and going, "It's so true," and that's it. It's done. They're already in agreement with with your point, and uh, and then because they're disarming, they tend to melt away the that natural resistance people have to to strangers and to commercial messages. And yeah, so you know, for all those reasons, I I think they're actually the the ultimate involvement and engagement device, probably the most powerful there is in existence.
1: Well, I was going to say, I mean, therefore, do you think that cartoons specifically are a very good persuader of messages?
2: Yeah, uh, they they are. Again, because um, you know, Andy, when, when when I start talking to a, a new client, it, it always feels a little silly to suggest mm. to them that they put a cartoon at the tip of their marketing spear, if you will. But, you know, it, it's because of those reasons that I just stated, um, they just, they're, they're just, uh, they're just an amazing device for getting people to, to engage. And based on how you've targeted the cartoon or the cartoon you've chosen or created it has to be done very carefully. Yeah. Um, but if, if it is, then my God, that people are just, they're laughing and sitting there and nodding their head in agreement with, the message that you intended—the thing you intended to get them to agree with.
1: So, is there then uh, a right way and a wrong way to use humor? I know that I'm an expert in using it incorrectly, <laughs> <laughs> but there must be a right way and a wrong way to use it.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I should should start with is just that the way that we're used to using humor um, is often between friends. You know, you're down at the pub and you're kidding around. And, and usually it's pretty biting humor. And of course, that's not the kind of humor you'd want to use in a marketing campaign. Um, and I should mention also that in my use of cartoons, I, I'm always using them with personalization. So there's a, there, the recipient finds their name in the caption. It's about them. And so that shows up in mailed campaigns and it shows up in email and um, contact campaigns. Uh, and so obviously, if we're going to send a cartoon about the recipient, we want them to come out on top in the humor. We want them to feel like that. It's just paid them a compliment. It's the opposite of pub, uh, pub humor. And you know, the next thing is that you know, a lot of times the clients will ask if they're actually they'll ask, but well, this is great. I, I love the cartoon, but could we change it? Could we change the caption?" Mm. And I know what they're—it's—it's it's just code for saying, "Can we inject our brand into the, into the cartoon? Um, can we inject, inject something about ourselves, uh, our our brand, or our our offer, uh, our product name, something, and that kills it. They, people don't care about that. Mm. And uh, so it has to be about something they care about. Um, so, again, it's on, I'm, and now I'm explaining or, or I'm describing a cartoon that has some targeting um, specifications to it. First is it needs to be, it's going to be about the recipient. It needs to be something about something that they find important in their lives. And they need to come out on top in the humor, and of course it has to be funny. I've seen a lot of people in it, uh, try to imitate what I do, and they do a very clumsy job of it, uh, primarily because they don't even they don't even put a gag into it. So there is no twist. It's just here's my message. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty pretty lame. Um, but if you do all those things, then. The recipient gets the cartoon. A couple things happen again. The, the recipient sees it, gets the cartoon. If it's showing up in a stack of mail that day, it, they'll, it'll cause them to pull it out of the stack. It causes it to stand out just like it does in magazines. So um, they'll, they'll pull it out and, and give it special attention. They'll open it up. If it's in a postcard, they'll stick it up on the refrigerator door. So they treat it in, in wonderful ways. Um, the other thing that happens is that if there is secretarial screening, well, assistants and, and secretaries and, and mailroom clerks never throw away cartoons about their bosses. <laughs> so you know that's a great, great, wonderful benefit of this. Yes. But I would say I would say one last, final point about the right and wrong way of using humor, and particularly cartoons. Is I think it helps a lot if the cartoon is done by someone who is recognizable. So here in the states, we have we have cartoonists who are published in. The New Yorker, that's probably the cream of the crop, mm. and, um, and the Wall Street Journal, which is one of the places my cartoons appear. Uh, I would say that I would have said a, a decade or more ago that Punch would be the place to find them in the UK, but I'm sure you know who the prominent cartoonists are in the UK. I know that Punch is around. I know that they have a repository. It's probably useful and helpful to your listeners, That I know that they have a, a, a repository of cartoons, and I think this... I think they may have something like half a million cartoons. Mm. And, you know, cartoons reflect what's going on in, in in current society. So those cartoons span a lot of years and express a lot of things that are, are quite historic at this point.
1: You mentioned um, contact campaigns. I just want to clarify for our listeners, because a lot of our listeners are from the UK. I'm not sure if a contact campaign is that is something that people immediately recognize in the UK. That's where you where you're sort of you're trying to sort of find your way to someone that someone wants to get in contact with isn't it like to get through the gatekeeper yeah. like a a, um, a president of a company or something like that and it's been working quite effectively for you, hasn't it? use of cartoons eh uh.
2: it has and uh, and the contact i don't know if that anyone will know the, the the term contact campaign yet it's I think it's my own it's what I've been calling them, and it, it's because i haven't found a a term that describes it otherwise. Mm. The contact campaigns are. Okay, let me see. I'm I'm in the midst of of a lot of interviews, talking to a lot of thought leaders in sales and uh, marketing right now, uh, getting their their ideas that will be included into the magazine and quotes and so forth. And so the the the, the definition of it is is changing and expanding. But mm. essentially, it is a campaign, a one-to-one campaign that you're using to get in touch with someone very important. So this could be um, it could be a CEO or a president of a company. Um, or it could, be, it could be someone lower. It could be just a, a, a term that's come out in some of these interviews is the CEO of the problem you want to solve mm, as a salesperson.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm. Um, and you know, oftentimes these, these people are awfully tough to reach. And you know, they're, they're busy um, and very protective of their time, and and resistant to talking to people they don't know. And uh, to to um, to make it more complicated, obviously they have. Uh, assistants and assistants are very adept at at goalkeeping or or um, uh, gatekeeping, and they will easily ferret out the people who are not supposed to be talking to this person and, and wasting their time. Mm. Um, so it's pretty tough. But these contact campaigns uh, and and I've used cartoons this way. And typically, I'll, I'll put a, a personalized cartoon on a an 18 by 24 inch. Um, it's really an indoor signage piece, mm. so so it's, it's it's quarter inch foam core um, that's produced on. And anyway, there's a there's a cartoon on one side, and then a message from the sender to the recipient on the other, yeah. explaining who they are and why they want to meet. Um, and these things have been getting response rates that have gone well. I've seen it happen now three times that it's gone as high as a hundred percent, and from the initial meetings that that result, either the meetings or Conversations on the phone, just those initial meetings, we've seen an ROI of as much as 8,000%. Wow. Just again, just the sales that have happened during those initial, the the first conversation. Um, But I've just spoken to someone who told me about a campaign that he used to reach um, builders. He's in the mortgage business Mm. and he wanted to team up with builders so that they could, so that the the builder would offer or refer um, buyers to. To the, to the mortgage company um, yeah. to finance their, their purchases. And so this fellow devised a um, really simple contact campaign It cost him $175, including postage. Mm. And he sent it out to 70 builders. He said about 60% of them responded, but about 25 to 30 entered into a relationship, this referral relationship that they were, uh, that they were targeting. And they ended up producing over a million dollars worth of sales. Wow! So that, if we if we take the calculator out, it gets to be a, a rather bizarre and probably meaningless number because the number is so large. Yeah. But it, it turns out to be a five hundred and seventy thousand percent ROI. <laughs> That's, That's just, crazy, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you know, if you if you think about, I mean, in in direct mail or direct response, uh, the number that gets gets quoted a lot, a lot and it's kind of a false number is you're you ought to be shooting for a one percent response rate yeah and it's not really we'll use it for this for this discussion but it's not really a valid number sometimes it should be much higher and sometimes or a lot of times it's much lower if you're going to a cold list someone you know a, a list of people that don't know you or your brand you could expect it to be lower than that but at any rate direct marketers are used to seeing response rates at, at 1% or perhaps less. Mm. And, and if, it's, um, if it's a major publisher, for example, they're also used to seeing, and, and they're selling subscriptions to the magazine, they're also used to seeing an ROI that is less than 100%. So they're not breaking even. Um, so to be talking about 100% response rates, that's like saying in, among marketers, it's like saying you just saw a UFO. But it's, like, it's like it's like saying to
1: a, it's like saying to a physicist that you've got a machine that makes more energy than it has going yeah. into it. It's like one of those over one over unity perpetual motion machines. Yeah, everything yeah. that
2: you, we've heard is impossible, and and one hundred percent response rates are lumped into that category.
1: I'm trying to work out um, what it is about cartoons, Stu. I mean, I'm thinking it's it's almost like um, it shows that you've gone to the trouble, doesn't it? It shows that you've gone to the trouble to think about them and what they look like and who they are. People, I guess people are very flattered when they get a cartoon of themselves.
2: They are very flattered and, um, and and they'll hold on to it as a keepsake, whether it's just a postcard that you mail through the, yeah. through the postal service or... One of the big, uh, well, what I call big boards, with those those big foam core pieces, yeah. or something else, they they hold on to it. Probably the rest, those I'm sure people are holding on to the rest of their careers. But what it shows, you're right, it shows some forethought, and that's a critical element of any any form of campaigning, and it's certainly true of uh, of trying to reach a CEO. Uh, you're really wasting their time if you don't know anything about their business or them. Uh, or what they're trying to achieve, what their priorities are, or goals are, and and how you can, as as others have put it, how you can help them see around the corner, what's happening next, where what's what's about to affect them, um, and if you don't know those things about the about the recipient, again I'm talking about contact campaigns. Yeah. If you don't know that, then you're wasting their time, and they they can recognize it immediately, and um, they're not going to be very happy with you. However, it's it has the exact opposite effect if you have looked into this and, if, and you do know what you 're talking about if you if you 've done your homework and you understand what it is they 're doing what they're trying to achieve and and how you can help them um, yeah then they're they 're all ears and they can be, they can become your best friend <laughs> it, that, it's a completely different response We must talk
1: about uh, your experience of using in cartoons and email marketing um i'm just going on from what you've said i'm going to make a, a guess that if you're doing the type of marketing where you're targeting individual people then i'm going to guess that this will work really really well what's your experience using it in email marketing
2: well you know if any of your audience members who are using email to to reach an o- their audience Um, will recognize the fact that even though these are people who've opted into the list, which is very different from say direct marketing where you're renting a list, that would be spamming an email. Mm. Still, um, so these people have asked to be on the list. Still I'm sure they'll all recognize the fact that that when they look at the metrics and they look at the open rate, um, you know, a lot of people aren't opening them. And this could be because they're seeing your, your newsletter, over and over again that's the the nature of newsletters Mm. they're seeing they're seeing one after the after after the other after the other and you know they signed up for it they're interested but they'll quickly find that they don't have the time i mean that's something i've certainly experienced with these newsletters um it's not something i want to lose contact with but i find myself just archiving them without opening it
3: yeah
1: that's a nice way of putting it archiving them
2: (laughs) Archiving them in the wastebasket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so um, so w- w- what we've been finding is that when we include um, what I call a cartoon device or our cartoon device, which is the cartoon, essentially, it's the cartoon with the personalized caption. So there's a data insertion point for first and last name built into the caption. And yeah. the caption is, is rendered as text. Yeah. Not part of the part of the image. Well, when we do that... Um, we find that, the, that the, uh, the open rates tend to double. And if you're including the cartoon device in multiple deliveries like newsletters or drip campaigns, mm. then that higher, resp- or that higher open rate continues from that point on. And, it, and people end up, I, I suppose you could say that this attaches to the brand in a positive way because I've heard a lot of clients say, well, you know, when I go to trade shows or wherever it is, I'm going and meeting with people who are on my list they immediately recognize him because they're saying, hey, you're the guy who sends me those cartoons all the time. I love those. <laughs> so it makes so, you famous. So that's wonderful. But it does. It, yeah. it makes the, the sender famous, which is wonderful. But that's, you know, as the pro- provider of marketing services, that's what you hope to do for your clients. Yeah, yeah. It's create that kind of brand recognition. Um, so the one story I'd love to tell you about, though, is the, is the one that happened with Classmates.
3: Mm.
2: Classmates.com is a, obviously an enormous... Uh, entity um but at one point well they they were uh, they were started here in Seattle, and I knew the the founder Randy conrads i'm not sure how we came in contact, but I knew him right after he started it and um, and he was growing this enormous database of people who'd love to stay in touch with their classmates, but he had no reason or no permission to and really no basis for getting in touch with these people at all mm. uh, and he should be i mean that that's that's the that's where the value of of classmates dot com was was the this database that they were that they were generating and so I suggested to Randy that, that you know I realized though that Randy's probably is anyone named Randy in in the UK <laughs> I'm just realizing this yeah we we have uh, I,
1: I'm sure we have some Randys in the UK
2: well you know I heard I heard this blooper story I'll digress for a moment if you don't mind I no, heard no, this blooper do. story of Mattel was introducing a new a new doll that would read books—it sort of senten- seemed like it was reading books to your child. Yeah. Um, so it came with books, and it came with, I guess, cassettes that would load into the doll. Yeah. And they they named it Randy Reader, and they were <laughs> quite confused about why everyone when they introduced it in the UK, they were quite confused about why everyone was laughing.
1: Well, in the UK, Randy means sexually active. Does it mean the same yeah. in the
2: US? it um, no, but I'm aware of the meaning. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that's that's not what why Randy yeah, was back, doing that. back to the classmates.com
1: <laughs> story, yeah,
2: yeah, okay, so anyway, um, I said to Randy, you know you need some reason, some basis for addressing this huge database of people you have because my gosh, then you can sell advertising against it, and that's when you that's when you'll be able to start start monetizing this, and so I said, you know why don't we come up with a cartoon page that that you can send and, and, you know, we'll include a personalized cartoon and um, and then you can add things in, uh, whatever you want. I mean, just make it about about classmates and put links back in and tell them what the news is and, and explain what all the features are and so on. But let's just, let's give them a cartoon, um, really the cartoon device, and let's also give them a way to forward it so um, so you get viral pass along. Mm. Well, he he came back to me afterward, and um, and and he said, "Guess what we discovered? We've been getting uh, open rates as high as 130 <laughs> percent." That's one over and unity amazing. again. <laughs> oh my God! So, you know, how could they have reached more people than they were mailing to? Um, obviously, they were that has, had to have been multiple opens. I'm still scratching my head about it. Yeah, or it, that
1: could, be viral, it could be the viral. It could be the viral And the viral.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know. Certainly, we can see evidence of cartoons doing in email um, what they what they also do in in print publications, which is they get a lot of attention. People love them. They pay attention. I mean, they 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 I don't they they just want to interact with them. You've uh, written a couple of books, haven't you? Tell us about these books. Sure. Um, Well, the first one I wrote is called Drawing Attention, Mm. and You know, when I started, uh, there's a fellow named David Ogilvy who is a legendary ad man. He is a Hall of Fame marketer. Uh, He was the founder of Ogilvy and Mather, one of the top 10 advertising agencies in the world. And he always used to say, don't use humor. Humor doesn't work. (laughs) And he also used to say, people don't buy from clowns. Of course, he was wrong Mm. on all those counts. But all of the experts, when I was starting out, were, were repeating his advice. Don't use humor. It doesn't work. The quickest way to kill off your campaign, and I, I suppose, for most, most of the people that I was listening to, their their use of humor might have killed off their campaigns. I don't know, but well, maybe
1: it was applied wrongly.
2: It was, it was absolutely, and I, and yeah. again, I keep seeing examples of why that would happen every time I talk to a new client. Because, as I mentioned before, they always want to inject their brand into it, and as mm. soon as they do that, they kill the the effectiveness of the of the humor. Well, so so there I was. Um, creating a lot of record-breaking campaigns because after all it works it works tremendously so I'm creating all these record-breaking campaigns and I'm amassing this utterly unique body of test history um, and and I thought well I've got to share it with the world and so that's what drawing attention is about yeah it's about using um, using humor and advertising and uh, various other forms of marketing and, and sales promotion and social media even how to which has nothing to do with business but but it was one of my one of my um one of my pastimes how to use cartoons on napkins to meet people in bars <laughs> and which is how i met the governor of california once okay um is that how you met your wife um you know i i don't know if i mentioned how i met my wife but i i used the cartoon a, a bit but did you um so I don't know if you know that. I, she, well, I met her because I saw her in a magazine. Really? Uh, yes, I saw her in <laughs> a magazine.
1: I think we'll do a separate uh, podcast about that, uh, Stu. Yeah, it's a, You know, we could. Yeah, actually. Um, I love the title of the next book. Actually, I find it slightly amusing.
2: Yeah, big fat beautiful head. Yeah, big fat beautiful yeah. head. Yeah, so that one—that's that's my second book, and that one is a book of. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm producing cartoons all the time. I'm submitting to the to the uh, Wall Street Journal and to the, to the New Yorker. So I have a lot of cartoons Uh, instead of just a bunch of cartoons, one per page. This one is a cartoon and then a page of commentary. And it's, it's, it was a lot of fun to write these because, I mean, the thing is there's, there are always stories behind any cartoon. Mm. How did you come up with the idea? What's it about? Um, How did it touch people? I had one cartoon that ended up putting me in in contact with uh, Ben Bernanke whose name is probably not known in the UK but right he was the the um fed chairman so sort of secretary of banking i suppose okay um a very important person and and someone who's very very insulated because no one should get to him he's the he's the guy who determines interest rates in the banking industry ah so um he's a very key figure and i got in touch with him <laughs> because <laughs> of one of these cartoons so there's a story behind that one. And another one, um, I live in the in the wonderful, beautiful state of Washington, which is mountainous, and it has shoreline. And there are two ranges of mountains. Um, it's just a, a spectacular place. Well, one day I was driving over those mountains and heading, uh, heading east, and so in the desert. And I passed through a, a, a town called Yakima. And, you know, all towns have signage that tells you that you're entering that town. Yeah. And their, their, their town signage said Yakima, really proudly, big letters Yakima, and then underneath, the Palm Springs of Washington. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll bet that the, that the, the town signage that Palm Springs has, Palm Springs, I'm sure they don't say the Yakima of California. <laughs> <laughs> so there are all these stories behind the cartoons, and I, I, I loved being able to tell these stories. <laughs> and I think it made a lot of difference for the readers, anyway, so that's big fat beautiful head, yeah, and uh the one that I'm working on now is called Breaking through and it's a book that i I don't expect to be out for well probably until this time next year um that's the one that is about contact campaigning yeah the the title and indicates
1: that yes, yes,
2: yeah, well basically it's using contact campaigns to break through to v i p prospects in order to create. Uh, breakthrough results in your in your business, yeah. And I you know, I'm excited about it because I, I think that um, basically any any company with sales reps um, is going to be interested in this. It's a way to get their their reps through the door mm. um, to their most important prospects. But you know, I think small business owners are going to find it interesting. It's a great it's a way to change the scale of your business almost overnight. If you get a large company saying, you know, we want to partner with you, or or we, we want to become your customer. Yeah, and suddenly you know millions of pounds are exchanging hands. Wow! So it's a it's a wonderful um, subject, and I'm I'm finding it really really interesting because um, although I've used it myself with with my own big board um, contact campaign form, I'm learning now about what everyone else has been doing, and it's just fascinating, really really interesting stuff.
1: Now, Stu, I'm excited because you've got um, a bit of an offer for our listeners, haven't you? I do. Yes. Tell us um, about the offer. I,
2: I, yeah. Uh, well, you if you go to the URL I'm about to give, and I I, I think you'll be able to find it in print as well. Um, the it's it's cartoonlink dot slash Roger Parker. Can I ask you, Roger Parker is? <laughs> well, we, well, I do know someone named Roger Parker. But, <laughs> But it's a code name that we also use for offers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so okay. So, it's so cartoonlink.com forward slash Roger Parker all one word. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and what will people, what will our listeners find when they go there?
2: Uh, what they'll find is an offer, uh, actually a dual offer. First, they can get a uh, an ebook which is excerpted from my drawing attention book. So. Yeah. So it has cut a couple of the chapters and then the chapter on email marketing and that's for free
1: oh nice um,
2: the other the other is that if and I guess the assumption here is that the people who who will find that interesting are using email in their marketing mix yeah so the other part of this is that we're also offering a free test of our cartoon link device in your email campaign wow so that you get a chance to try it out and see if we can help you um, drum up a an open rate that is double what you're seeing currently so free test and free ebook
1: so cartoonlink.com forward slash roger Parker <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's very generous of you thank you
1: thank you so much Stu How can uh, people find out about you about cartoon link uh, give, give us some URLs and emails and things
2: sure well you can you can go to the cartoon link site that's cartoonlink.com. Mm. Uh, you can reach me by email at uh, stewheinick at gmail dot com. Let, let's go over the spelling
1: of your surname because it's um that's S T U then no no dashes or anything H E I N E C K E isn't it? it? That's
2: that's it. Yeah, so Stu at Gmail. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at cartoonlink. So the ad sign cartoonlink.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
2: Oh, and one other. I guess if you'd like to. If you would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, happy to do that as well. Yep. That's linkedin.com slash in, I-N, yep. slash, and then my name, Stu Heineck. Stu
1: Heineck, again, all, no no hyphens or anything like that.
2: No hyphens, just F-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. Well,
1: Stuart, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to talk with you. Thank you so much. And remember, listeners, go to cartoonlink.com forward slash Roger Parker. To take you sure up on that very generous offer so true thanks thanks again for joining us you're quite welcome what a, what a pleasure listeners if you want to, if you want to listen to the podcast on the website it's sitevisibility.com forward slash im podcast as always emails to podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk um, you can telephone and leave messages uh, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh and of course we are always available on iTunes and we love reviews as well so it's goodbye from me Andy White and it's goodbye from Hugh Heineck and
2: thank you again so much
1: and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing
2: Small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat